The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The human mind, body, emotions, and spirit are more powerful than anyone can imagine, and we can learn to use them in new and powerful ways to create the life we've always dreamed of. On our program today, with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon, we'll address who you are, how to come to know what you believe and why, how to accept and love yourself, and how you can make changes that help you create the empowered, happy, successful life you want. Now, here's your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon. We broadcast from Scottsdale, Arizona. And today, before we get started, I want you to take a look at theselfimprovementblog.com. Just like it says, theselfimprovementblog.com. You'll see our guest picture there. You'll see a review of his book, Amicus 101. And there are three videos there that are really worth watching. You know, so, you know, take a look at those so you have some idea who our remarkable guest today is. I think it's important that you have as much information as you can. And I think you'll see that he really knows what he's talking about. In the past few years, a lot of people have lost their jobs. It's been... You know, the, one of the big issues before us, you know, some people went on welfare, others went on unemployment, some lived on their savings while they tried to find work, some despaired. Some people settled for anything they could get, some were able to go back to school and learn some new skills, all kinds of things happened. Some used it as an opportunity to make a life course change. One that gave them not just a paycheck, but personal satisfaction in a position that really fit their life purpose. You know, they finally figured out what it was they wanted to do when they grew up and they went for it. So let me ask you this. If somebody asked you what your life purpose is, what would you tell them? Think about your job. Would you tell them... Uh, my purpose is to be a used car salesman. My purpose is to flip burgers. Um, my purpose is, you know, put whatever job you have in there and see if that fits. Uh, my job, my purpose is to do anything I have to do to bring home a paycheck. Is this something you've ever really given thought to and have you defined it for yourself? Do you define yourself by the job you do? Um, do you just drift through life day by day, wondering what's going to happen next and if you'll be able to handle it? You know, what gives your life meaning? We're going to talk about that today. Our guest today is Sean Anderson. I hope you've gone to the blog and taken a look at his picture. He's a best-selling author, national speaker, and motivational success coach. Yeah, we have a lot of those, don't we? But uh, Sean's a little different. 
His go-the-extra-mile philosophy and ability to produce winning results have been praised by all kinds of people on on the national political scene, uh, by Olympic gold medal and world record holders, media outlets across the country. Um, As an entrepreneur, I love this, an entrepreneur since age of eight when he started a business selling worms to fishermen. This extra mile man has continued by building a multi-million dollar business and organizing events that make a difference in how people think. In addition to having written six books which have sold 70,000 copies, Sean is also the founder of Extra Mile America, a nonprofit organization that empowers people. He states, and listen to this, I love this, my juice in life is helping people succeed and create the outcomes they desire. I have been looking forward to saying this for quite some time now. Sean, welcome to the Self-Improvement Show. Thank you so much. It is my privilege to be here, Irene. Oh, I'm so delighted. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Who is Sean Anderson? Well, I think that you did an excellent job, but I'll tell you what. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a guy that that understands that I have one life. And by the time that I'm finished taking my last breath, I want to make sure that I have experienced my life to the fullest and that I have done everything possible to help those around me experience their life to the fullest too. Where did that come from? What in your life propelled you to feel this way? Well, I've always had a deep appreciation for life, and I've always realized that the, that it, it, it's short. It, it's not going to last long. I'm not a big person on believing in regrets, and I want to make sure to have the self-awareness to not live my life with any of those so the choices that I make today are going to reflect how I feel tomorrow as I look back upon my life. I want to experience the greatest adventures and the greatest journeys and the greatest failures. I want to try everything because in the end, it doesn't matter if we succeed or fail. I think it just matters on what we did with our life, what we attempted to do, who we attempted to serve, who we attempted to empower, how we lived. And every single day, If we live to the fullest of our ability in everything we do, if you add up all those individual days, by the time that we're finished, by the time that we make it to the finish line, we would have had a pretty amazing life. Ah, but everybody doesn't see it that way. You know, a lot of people just want to get by. So where does this, I guess, this motivating power come from with you? And I sense that in your writing. I I get it from your website. You know, this is who you are. But I, you know, there aren't a lot of people that I've met that talk this way, feel this way, that really you can see this. I mean, I guess I, I really want to know where it comes from. Did your parents instill this in you? Did you pick it up along the way? Or is this just how you're built? Well, I would tend to think it, it's just a combination of living. I mean, I'm no different than anybody else and have experienced life's dramas and traumas and tragedies and defeats and failures. I know what it is to lose a loved one. I know what it is to fail in business. I know what it is to look at a checking account at the end of the month and go, man, oh, man, where did all my money go? I know what it feels like to live like that. I also know what it feels like to, to, to go the extra mile, push myself a little bit more, and experience the good stuff. 
And I'll tell you what, experiencing the good stuff feels so much better than feeling all that bad that I ju- it, just oh, became, yeah. it just became something that became a part of me. Like, if I had a choice, if I had a choice of feeling despair or joy, which do I choose? If I had a choice of feeling excitement or disappointment, which do I choose? And understanding that I had that choice was a real power. And so when you have that kind of power of choice, you go, why would I choose the latter? So if you keep on living like that, it just gives you an appreciation for your own ability to create a life that you want. And that's that's a powerful feeling that gives you this sense of, wow, I, I can create this amazing life and I want to share with people how they can too. I love it. Um, and a lot of people make the other choice, which is always, you know, I, I've never understood it. I've, I've tried to understand why people want to choose, you know, sadness or despair or, or whatever. Um, you state that, that your personal life mission is to, and I'm quoting this, empower one million people to lead a more positive and purpose, purposeful existence you know why that life mission and why one million how did you how did you decide on a million well again it goes back to the fact that we just get one life that's it there's no do-overs and i just want to remind people that every day the reason i chose one million is because i believe if you set a goal that you can't just say for example if i had a sales staff i can't say how many sales are you going to make today and they'll say as many as i can See, that's not really a goal because there's no specifics that we can measure that by. If someone were to say, I want to make three sales today, then we have something that's measurable, that's more concrete, that your brain's going to sit there and go, that's what we need to get to. So when I say I want to empower one million people to lead a more positive and purposeful existence, I've got, I've got a number, I've got a specific. If I were just to say, yeah, I want to empower people to be happy or to whatever, it's not as specific, it's not as strong. It doesn't give me a definite way to measure that number. And I guess my next question is, how do you know when you've reached a million? How, how are you keeping track? Do you just, you know, are, are you reaching that many people? Do you, you know, I guess take names, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you would be surprised. <laughs> that is a question that I get asked all the time. Someone says, well, how many, what are you up to now? There's a room of 500 of us. Do we all count? You, you know, every single day I start over with a million every single day. And sure, I could go back and I could say I've sold 70,000 books and I've got X number of subscribers and I've spoken to, you know, 400,000 people. But every day I wake up with that new purpose right there. Sean, power 1 million people to lead a more positive and purposeful existence. And let's just talk about that word positive for a second because that's a big deal. You know, you had mentioned something that people sometimes don't see life as we do. They don't look at life as a, in a positive way, but maybe more of a negative way. You know, nothing can, has changed my life more than the attitude that I carry with me every single day. Sure things, sure things happen. I get the same flat tire that anybody else gets. I get the same, you know, rejection that anybody else gets. But it's how I deal with that rejection. It's about my, about my attitude. You know, there's an expression that I've remembered ever since a little kid. Attitude determines altitude. And that's absolutely right. It is absolutely right. When I first heard the saying, life's a bitch and then you die, I couldn't even imagine thinking that way. I I remember hearing it the first time. I'm thinking, gee, I never thought about it like that. Well, imagine, yeah. Imagine if you said that to yourself ten times in a row. 
life's a bitch and then I'll die. Life's a bitch over and over and over. God, doesn't your spirit just start to feel dark? I mean, can you imagine? That's the same thing. If you keep on throwing negative thinking into the world, you become a negative thinker. You've got no chance of being able to succeed and do what you want to do because, because when you set a goal, if you don't have that positive attitude to keep you going towards that goal all the time, you're not going to get there. Because when your goal is big enough and it's far enough away, I can assure you, that you will experience defeat along the way, but it's only our attitude and our passion for wanting to go for that goal that gets us back up off the ground after we've been knocked down and keep on keep us walking. Absolutely, uh, you're known as the extra mile man. Now, what what does that mean? How did you get that name? I know about your bike ride. I, I can't wait to hear about it. Tell us about this whole extra mile man thing. Well, it happened. It first happened in 2009, and and we were all there together. The media was hitting us so much with negative news. I mean, businesses were closing. People were losing their jobs. I mean, thing, things were really tough. People also, I felt, started losing their confidence and their ability to create their own destiny. They started looking at the government saying, what are you going to do to help create a program so we can keep going? They looked at their boss. What are you going to do to make sure that we don't close? And what are you going to do to help me make more money? And people, I think, even started looking at the relationships. What are you going to do to make my life better? They started losing that, that, that knowledge that if you want to create real change in your life, you don't look to somebody else, but you look at the man or the woman in the mirror. So I decided to use my small voice and do something that reminds people that if you truly want to create change in life, you don't look to someone else and you don't keep walking the same status quo road. You've got to go the extra mile. So as a symbol and, of that. Yeah, and, and you did. <laughs> yeah, as a symbol of that. You li- went literally how many extra miles <laughs> 4, across 000. the country? 4,000. As a symbol, I wanted to use my non-bicyclist body, non-bicyclist, and pedal a bike solo from one ocean to the other, and along the way, hold events in 21 cities, many with mayors in those cities, where I had the privilege of interviewing over 200 people who had been identified as going the extra mile in life in either overcoming defeat, tragedy, loss, or failure, or in taking a dream, something that they wanted, and going the extra mile and making it happen. At the end of my ride, I gave away $10,000 of my own money to the stories most inspirational to me. Now, the momentum of that ride kept, was so strong that I decided to create a nonprofit from that called Extra Mile America. Last year, on November 1st, 362 mayors recognized Extra Mile Day, and they recognized those in their own community who were going the extra mile in service and volunteerism to make their community better. Oh, that's amazing. It's time for us to go to break. I don't want to get into to more of this because I don't want to break it up. I think it's important for people to hear about this. So let's go to break now and come back and talk more about this Extra Mile. Build your better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. 
Wealth Solutions for the 99% is a weekly talk show focused on helping you develop and execute a game plan to build wealth. Your host, Paula Joy, who built a $50 million-plus company in less than five years, believes it's impossible to be poor in America, and he'll show you why with his innovative strategies. Joining Paul as co-host is radio personality Kim Reed, an experienced entrepreneur and corporate leader who's known as the Corporatepreneur. The show is upbeat, fun, and informative. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. The challenges facing our teens today mean that more than ever, we need to be there to support them and encourage them. The Dr. Stem Show is here to provide discussions about topics that will help promote healthy relationships, self-image, and success for teens, parents, and the community. Our young people can achieve more in life than they ever dreamed possible. The Dr. Stem Show, hosted by Dr. Stem Malatini, will foster these discussions and encourage your participation. Listen every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific, and 9 p.m. GMT on Voice America Empowerment. Build a better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. You are tuned in to The Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is theselfimprovementblog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to The Self-Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon. My guest today is Sean Anderson, who's known as the Extra Mile Man. He rode a bicycle from the East Coast, no, West, West Coast to East Coast or East Coast to West Coast, Sean. Tell us about the bike ride. Well, I dipped my my back tire in the Pacific Ocean, and I got to tell you, then it was so exciting going, oh, wow, I'm about to ride a bike across the country. This is so great. And I, I couldn't even imagine what I was about to experience. And 90 days later, I dipped my front tire into the Atlantic Ocean near Boston. But it was, uh, you know, riding a bike across the country is a lot like life. Sometimes it rains, and you got to get out there and keep going. Sometimes you fall down, and you cry, and you've got to find a way to get back going. Sometimes you experience huge mountains to climb and you don't know where you're going to find the strength or energy to do it and you do and and it was a great uh it was a great analogy to life i can imagine and sometimes you came into beautiful valleys that you know, were just incredible has to be that way doesn't it oh it absolutely and i and sometimes there's really barren long stretches where you wonder if if things are ever going to get better i remember pedaling a bike from uh, across the state of Nevada. And I don't know if anyone's ever had the privilege of driving across the state of Nevada, but there's not much there. There's not, it's like Arizona. There's not much there. <laughs> In fact, there's one 60-plus mile stretch through the Nevada desert where there is no gas station or there is no rest stop or there is nothing but the beating sun coming down upon you. 
and wow. you're pedaling that 60 miles and you're having to leave really early in the morning to do it because towards one or two o'clock, you know, it can be 110 degrees out there and it's really hot. What and time you, of year did you do this? Oh, fiddlesticks. I rode from, from June to August. Oh, the hottest time to go across Nevada. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. You know, you, you, because because I, I felt that I could pedal through sunshine a lot more than I could pedal through snow or rain. But yeah. It, yeah. But, uh, you know, it didn't matter. There were super, super rainy days. And I remember one time I was out there and I was pedaling and I, I did not have access to um, any rain clothes at that time. And so I was just getting drenched because it was coming down so hard. And I couldn't stop because each, my course was marked by where I needed to be, what city I needed to be in my event in a certain number of days. And so I had to find some plastic bags and cover myself with plastic bags and pedal. And I looked like this garbage man pedaling, you know, these roads out there and no other cars were on there. But you have to do what you have to do. You have to become resourceful in life at times in order to keep going towards your destination. Yes, you always have the choice to quit. But two days later, five days later, two years later, ten years later, you go, why did I do that? Why did I quit? Yeah. Why did I quit? What? T- tell us just a couple of the most interesting experiences you had on that trip, like people you met or places that you you visited or where places that you spoke. Well, sure, I'd, I'd love to, and I'd, I'd love to redirect this and and talk about the people that I met because because they were truly the most inspirational. Sometimes when we open ourselves up to new opportunities, it usually involves people and their inspiration and their stories. I was in Ohio, um, actually Iowa, and I met a woman that came up to me, and she had to be escorted on somebody's arm. And the reason that Sheila Holsworth had to be walked up to me was because she had two artificial glass eyes. She was blind. Wow. But it wasn't always like that for Sheila Holsworth. When she was 10 years old, the orthodontic headgear that she was wearing for her teeth, it snapped. And when it snapped, it gouged out both of her eyes. So for the first 10 years of her life, she could see just as well as you and I. Now, some people could have said, man, that's the best life is ever going to get for me. Now I'm going to live like a blind person forever. But Sheila Holsworth chose not to. Sheila Holsworth today, she's probably, I think, 51 or 52, but she has run marathons. She has rode a tandem bicycle across her country, uh, her state. She has become an international known athlete for water ski and snow skiing as a blind person, and she was the first blind person to climb one of the world's tallest mountains. She went up Mount Rainier. So you and I, with two perfect eyes, and with the ability to have limbs that we can walk and grab things, I mean, how much more we could do if we really focused on it with Sheila Holes, where she climbed one of the world's tallest mountains not being able to even see. That's amazing. Sometimes it's just not the physical tragedies that we would experience that would change our life, but sometimes it's the events that happen. I met a woman in Utah, and her name was Lisa Osman. And Lisa shared her story with me like this. She said, Sean, one day I came home. My son Adam, a high school student, had just seen a program at school, and it was about organ donation, organ donation, and said, Mom, this was a great program. If something were to happen to me, I want you to make sure that you donate my organs. Now, no parent wants to hear that for sure, and Lisa was no, no exception. And Lisa said, Adam, 
don't worry if something happens to you, I'll honor your request, but you're young and you're healthy and you're going to live a long life. Two weeks later, two weeks later, Lisa is in the hospital and she is holding her son, Adam, for the very last time. He has been declared brain dead. The doctors walk in and said, Lisa, by chance, is Adam an organ donor? She remembers the conversation two weeks ago when she said, yes, take my son. And that day he saved uh, numerous lives with his organs and gave sight to people without eyes. But this extra mile story was not about what Adam did. It's what Lisa did, how she handled the worst day of our life. After that, she became the leading spokesperson for an organization called Yes Utah, where she has personally traveled to her home state and she has registered thousands of people to be organ donors who would never would have never been an organ donor unless she had made that effort. So sometimes life can really, it can really hurt. It can really be horrible. But it's the decision that we make and how we choose to go the extra mile after life treats us like that. Those are some of the lessons I learned along the way. You know, my goosebumps have goosebumps on that one. You know, a lot of people say, yeah, look at them. They can do that. But what about me? I'm just ordinary. But she was just an ordinary woman, too. Absolutely. You're an everyday kind of person. From I mean, you've been, been a very successful everyday person. But you're an everyday kind of kind of guy. Um, but you're doing the extra mile thing. Can, can't we all go the extra mile? What are some other ways you've seen people go the extra mile by doing? Well, let me tell you about a really phenomenal couple that I met in Denver, Colorado. Their name is Brad and Libby Berkey. Now, Brad was just a, a computer operator. That's what he did. He just ran computers, and, 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 uh, and, and Libby was a school teacher. They had a passion, both of them, for helping the homeless. And so they'd go and volunteer at the food kitchen there in Denver, and they would help serve food to the people. But they thought that that particular process lacked a lot of dignity. They thought that, you know, the quality of the food wasn't very good, and that they were just running the people through. And, and Brad and Libby, both normal, everyday people, said, you know what? We can do more. We can do better. Brad quit his job. Libby soon followed and quit hers. They cashed out their 401k, and it wasn't very much. And they decided to open up a restaurant. The restaurant's name is called the Same Cafe, the letters S-A-M-E. It stands for So All May Eat. It's a pretty special restaurant. I mean, if you and I were to go there to lunch today, guess what we would not see on the menu? Prices. Prices. Guess what we do not receive at the end of our meal? A bill. A bill, because at the same cafe in Denver, Colorado, started by the Berkeys, you pay what you can afford to pay. Now, it's just not for the homeless, but it's for professionals or whatever, but it's to bring dignity back in the process. You get an amazing meal. Now, just because you can't pay for your meal, though, it doesn't mean it's free. It means you can pick up a broom and you can sweep. It means that you can do the dishes. There's something you can do to bring integrity back to the process. Now, sometimes when we have a dream, not only does it affect our lives, but it can affect those lives around us, like everyone who's benefited in Denver, Colorado from the same cafe. Even bigger, NBC picked up the story, and the little restaurants like the same cafe started popping up all over the country because two normal, everyday people, Brad and Libby Berkey, husband and wife, teammates in life, 
decided that they could do more with their life, and they chased their passion, and they made something really amazing happen. And, and can't we all do that? I mean, it doesn't have to be huge to make a difference in somebody else's life. It doesn't. You, you, why, why, not just do, why not just do the small things in our life, huge? You know, I, I, this is a silly little thing. But I've made it a point when I go to a store, especially stores like Walmart or someplace, you know, a store, any kind of store, I try to find somebody and say, wow, what a pretty blouse or how great shoes or, you know, something, just anything to, to make them smile. And they always do. And sometimes you have dialogue all throughout the store with that person as you meet them going up and down the aisle. And it's more fun. Well, and it makes a difference in my day. Well, well, absolutely. And I'm sure history shares so many great small gestures of just the smile, the kind word, that that's really great. Keep going. Those small, tiny gestures have the ability to be so powerful to the human spirit. Because we don't know what that experience that person's experience. I know that there's authors before that have gotten rejection letter after rejection letter from publishers only to have someone write in and say, you know what? Your book really is great. That one simple gesture would inspire that writer to continue writing and end up writing something that would that millions of people would read and benefit from. That single smile that someone gives, that, sing, that single a girl keep going because people aren't built like that to give those gestures we're not built to smile how many times do you walk into an elevator and you see you know everyone just kind of turn towards the front no one says anything because that's who we are we want to run from people we want to run from connection but the person that chooses to make connection a part of their fiber the one that smiles the one that says hi the one that brings a smile on someone else's face man that's what i call a battery charger of the human spirit a battery charger of the human spirit now you know like when you have a dead car and you have to plug another a car that's got some juice into that one, you connect those wires and you turn on the one car and the other car starts. Well, we have the power, you and I, everybody that's listening, we have the power to be battery chargers for other people who need to be picked up sometimes and recharged because life wears you down. And when it continually wears you down, you need someone to charge you up. So why not choose to have the greatest job title of all time? I'm a battery charger of the human spirit. I love it. Yes. And it doesn't take much. You know, it doesn't take much. Sometimes you just need to say to somebody, you know, your smile makes my heart sing. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. And that, I mean, and then you feel good all day. <laughs> and they probably right. do too. <laughs> sure. So it, 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 it takes one simple word. It takes desire. It takes desire. If you desire to be that kind of person, then you will be. Oh, uh, so... You started, after that, the Extra Mile America Tour. Um, Oh, my goodness, it's time to go to break. Let's hear about the Extra Mile American Tour when we come back. This is Irene Conlon with my guest, Sean Anderson, saying, you know, it's time to go the Extra Mile, and right now we're going to go to break, so stay tuned. We're on Facebook along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. We let so many outside factors mold and shape our lives. 
technology, instant delivery. We live in an on-demand world. What's happened to the compassion, the kindness, a better pace? Listen to Might Radio with host Gabriella Von Ray. We'll bring that kindness and compassion back to our world. Our guests come from around the world and we'll discuss what's being done and what we can do to bring our lives back to order. Might Radio is broadcast live every Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Is there a real magic formula for success or is it something more? Does the divine nature within, when activated, become a powerful unified force that catapults an individual to greatness? Join visionary host Sharon Rose Washington, author, empowerment life coach, and energy healer to explore the answer to the big question of why we are here. She'll have amazing luminary guests ranging from business thought leaders to top celebrities. Tune in every Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to The Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is theselfimprovementblog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to The Self-Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon. My guest today is Sean Anderson. Sean, before we get started uh, on this next section, I want you to tell us about the Extra Mile America Tour. But tell us now how people can reach you. If somebody wants to get involved in, um, what, in your work, how can they find you? Well, there's two websites they can go to. The first one is, is my personal website. It's Sean Anderson, S-H-A-W-N. Anderson, A-N-D-E-R-S-O-N dot com, SeanAnderson dot com. And there they can find daily success tips or they can find information about my books or they can book me as a speaker. The second page is ExtraMileAmerica.org, ExtraMileAmerica.org. And there they'll see kind of an update on the cities that, that this year, November 1st, 2013 that are proclaiming Extra Mile Day. I think we're currently up to 51 or 52. This year the goal is 400. But people can see if their city's on there and they can contact us and say, hey, we want our city to be a city and we can kind of help them. Do you have Phoenix on there? Not yet, but Phoenix, I believe, was a city in 2012. Uh, so, uh, Yeah, my city's really Scottsdale, but you know, they may be kind of lumped in with Phoenix. I don't know. Well, living we, in Scottsdale, you have to be a golfer. Is that right? I'm not a golfer. No, <laughs> but um, I know where the golf courses are. But now <laughs> I, 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 I will tell you, I took golfing lessons when I first moved here 2,000 years ago. <laughs> and I was really bad. And I said, yeah, I think I better find something else. I, I, I kind of swim. Okay, you kind no, of swim? Well, that sounds like a good sport in Arizona, to kind of swim. <laughs> I kind of swim, um, but um, I, I'm not a great sports person. 
but you've done some some remarkable things on your bicycle. I don't know about other things in the sports arena, but you've done something extra special with Extra Mile America, the Extra Mile America Tour. Tell us what you do on that. What's the what's the goal? How do people participate? Well, again, the, the, the actual Extra Mile America Tour was what I called that 2009 bike ride uh, that we had talked just a little bit about, that 4,000-mile non-bicyclist pedal. And by the way, I, I haven't been on a bike really since 2009, so that kind of shows you uh, how much of a non-bicyclist I really am. <laughs> but, uh, but again, the, the, big, the big focus now is on Extra Mile America and this Extra Mile America Day. And and sometimes, you know, this is a perfect example of sometimes when you have the smallest idea how it can evolve and grow into something big. Remember when I was talking to you about pedaling across that Nevada desert in 2009? Yes. Well, when you're out there and it's super hot and you're super tired and you're doing something where you have lots of time to reflect and think, your brain's always thinking. And right there, when I was pedaling across that desert, I said, gosh, what else can I do to make this Extra Mile America tour to really shine the the light on this Extra Mile message? And I said, you know what, I'm going to come up with this day called Extra Mile Day. So as soon as I got to a a spot where I could pick up a phone, I called um, my staff at home that were working on Extra Mile Day, I mean Extra Mile America, and I said, hey, we're going to have this Extra Mile Day and start calling mayors and tell them about that we want to recognize people in their community that are going the extra mile in volunteerism and service. So that very first year, 2009, I had 23 mayors participate. And at that time, I thought that was pretty good. And so I kept that going. And in 2010, we kept building. I had 116. In 2011, I had 228. In 2012, we had 362. So sometimes when you have that small idea and you just keep going, you just keep working on it, just like drip by drip by drip, drip. the, the cup fills up. And, and I'll tell you what, what this has turned into now is I've got this vision for creating Extra Mile World, where in the next couple of years, as soon as we get this perfected and we start getting organizations and schools and stuff involved with Extra Mile Day, I'm going to start contacting cities like, you know, in, in, in India and in Egypt and in Spain and in, all over the world and create the same Extra Mile Day concept all over the world. Oh, I think that's an exciting idea. Um, how has this been? I, I'm sure I don't even need to ask you how it's been received. It has to have been received beautifully because look at how it's grown. So, because that um, message and- permeates with people. people. Because the one thing that we all have in common is that we've gone through tough times. We all know what it feels like to be knocked down. There's not a single person in life that does not know what it feels like to have a super bad day and a stretch of rough patches. So we all can relate. It might be the death in the family. It might be our current health situation. It might be the fact that we hate our job and we want to quit. But it, it, we all know what it feels like. And so that message, you know, how to improve your life, we all want to know how to do that. And it's that go the extra mile that really starts to resonate. Now, before people can go the extra mile, do they have to have some idea what their purpose is? Uh, a lot of people have no idea what their life purpose is. They've never thought about it. Um, it's just, you know, you kind of live from day to day and do the best you can. Uh, you know, what about life purpose? Well, just to, just to hit on your the, the one question before we answer that, then what, you know, do you have to have a purpose before you go the extra mile? And obviously you don't. Your example was a perfect, 
perfect, perfect example of how you were in the store the other day and you chose to smile at someone else. That was going the extra mile. You know, so you don't have to have this grand, amazing purpose that I'm going to change the world or whatever. No, but let's talk about purpose. You know, there's been nothing in my life that has helped me more direct my own path than having a life purpose. Having a life purpose helps me make my big decisions and my little decisions because, for example, if someone approaches me with an opportunity, I always go back and say, how does this fit into what I really want to do? So it, 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 really, it really helps me. And I'm also a big believer, too, that the purpose is so important because we're either doing one of two things in life. We're either building our own dream and building our own best life or we're building someone else's dream and their own best life. And or, when you, both. Yeah, or both. Yeah, or both. Or, or, or both, right. I mean, someone's dream, you know, could be to, to, to help elevate other people. Absolutely, no doubt about it. But for the most part, you know, I, I, are we following our dream or are we following someone else's dream? That's the question. And um, I think the, the whole idea of purpose really started coming to me. It was a number of years ago. I read a, oh gosh, it was a survey by a guy named Dr. Campolo. And he asked 50 people over the age of 95, he said, if you could live your life again, what would you do differently? If you could live your life over again, what would you do differently? Now, I got to tell you that when people over the age of 95 are talking and reflecting about life, I'm listening because it's their experience that's going to drive, you know, my own choices potentially on what I'm doing. So this is what he, this is the answers that, that, they, that they gave him. They said, number one, I would reflect more. Number two, I would risk more. And number three is I would do more things that would live on after I'm dead. So when you start reflecting more, risking more, doing more things that live on after I'm dead, you, you, you need to have some direction in order to accomplish those goals. And that's where purpose, purpose, why am I here? That's when it starts to just to, to, to really, you know, fit in and, 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 and register. Uh, one really interesting story, too. You've heard about the Nobel Peace Prize, of course, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, did you know that it's named after a guy by the name of Alfred Nobel, and, and he was a Swedish chemist, and he invented dynamite. But I know that. A little oxymoron kind of thing there, yes. isn't it? It, it, but it, it wasn't until his a newspaper mistakenly ran an obituary that he had died one day when it was actually his brother, and in the obituary they called him this merchant of death. Now he didn't want to go down in history as being such a horrible person, having created dynamite and being able to kill people and stuff. And so he he created the Nobel Peace Prize. So sometimes in life things happen to us in life where our purpose starts to change or our purpose becomes more defined. In this particular case, he went from doing what he did to creating the Nobel Peace Prize. Which is, it's a remarkable change. You brought up something when you talked about people who are 95. There are a lot of us who are past retirement age. And you look at the future and you realize that, you know, your, your purpose is a little flagging. Now, what do you say to those of us who are older and we don't have the stamina? We don't have some of the skills we need, although, you know, a lot of us are kind of trying to stay up. You know, what about older people? How can they have a new purpose that works even though parts of them don't work? I guess is what I want to say. 
while I say two words, I say Raina Kiniston. Raina Kiniston was a woman I met in Sacramento. She was fiddlesticks. I think when I met her, she was about 95 years old. She had been volunteering at the same place for for 40-some years. She had put in over 50,000 hours at Mercy Hospital. And, you know, if you find that, that cause or that passion that you care about, go volunteer there. You know, go volunteer and be a spokesperson. Go volunteer and serve people. You could love animals. You could want to go to the nursing home. You could do something. But, you know, make that your purpose. Sometimes when we take the focus off ourselves and we put the focus on other people, our own purpose becomes much more clear. Our purpose is in making this world a better place for us, and oftentimes it begins for, with making the place better for other people because you cannot help but encourage someone else and be encouraged. You cannot help but give a motivating word and find those words resonating within your own spirit. So sometimes if someone's lost on their own personal purpose or if you're at an age where you're retired, you know, you've got so much wisdom to share. Now's when it should be shared with others or the love that you have in your heart that is built up should be given away. Go out and give it away. As some of us do radio shows, I guess. <laughs> You've written a wonderful book, Amicus 101. It's time for us to go to break, but when we come back, I want to touch briefly on Amicus 101. So stay tuned. We're going to talk more with Sean Anderson when we come back. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. Have you ever felt that it's time to get out of the box? Why are you putting that project off? It's already there in your mind. What are you going to do today to change your life tomorrow? Listen for Live Your Life with Melissa Brown. Get ready to expand the capacity of your heart and mind. Move yourself beyond the mundane and get prepared to do what you've been called to do. There is no time like the present, and the whole world is waiting for you. Tune in Monday mornings at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to The Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is theselfimprovementblog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to The Self-Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon with my guest, Sean Anderson. We've been talking about all kinds of wonderful things having to do with life purpose. And I want you to talk a little bit about your book, Amicus 101. To, you, know, you, you say in this book, and I love this quote, the mind without the heart tends to complicate things and remove the passion. The heart without the mind soon runs out of fuel. Um, kind of gives... Yeah, I hope the listeners an idea of how juicy this book is. But what led you to write Amicus 101? Wow. Well, there's no doubt that, you know, life can get pretty raw at times. And it can sting and it can be hard. And sometimes life can even feel impossible. 
And most of all, it really takes a giant toll on our motivation to even start to dream that our life can be better again. And when things start to really crumble for us and we're barely holding on and surviving is all we can do, life gets really lousy. And I'll tell you what, just surviving in life is 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 no good. And I want to remind people that there's more. There is lots more than surviving and that they could once again find the passion to thrive. And that's why I wrote this book. You know, it's just, it's a fascinating book. I couldn't put it down. I, I got so into this major character. In the first place, I got a little concerned because there were no chapters. I mean, how can you write a book without chapters? But it's chronologically oriented, and you take him. Um, what was the period of time? You took him through a year or something, didn't you? Oh, 21 days. Uh, 21, 21 lessons, sure, sure. 21 those, lessons. Sure. Uh, and they're so pertinent. They're so contemporary. You know, they're so personal that I found myself really identifying with this character. And I don't think that it would matter what kind of work you do, what age you are, what sex you are. You know, I think anybody can identify with this man. Well, I really appreciate your passion, first of all, for the book. I, I'll tell you what, I I really I really poured everything that I am as a human being into this book. I, I, uh, and sometimes I think that the the best writing that anybody could ever do is is when their their brain and their fingers and their heart all come together in unison. And 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 for me, Amicus at that time in my life was the best I could do. And just to kind of share with the readers briefly, it's about a guy who's lived a he's lived a pretty mediocre life overall, and he he's. He's never really had gigantic dreams for, for himself, and he's had some obvious failures. And he goes into his his boss's office one day and not sure what's going to happen. And then all of a sudden he hears the words, you know, thank you for your service, but we don't need you anymore. And at that moment of news, his whole world begins to crash, and all of his failures that he's had start to add up inside his brain, and he feels that real sense of worthlessness and no value and it's only until he meets a very unique teacher by the name of Amicus, where Amicus teaches him 21 life lessons that change Jay's world from the inside out. And you start to see Jay walk through life a little bit differently because of these 21 lessons. Now, I wanted to, to write a motivational book that, that wasn't just here's seven things you need to do to be successful. Here's a list of whatever. I wanted to make a book somewhat entertaining, too. And I, one of my favorite authors of all time was a guy named Og Mandino when I was younger. Oh, I love Og Mandino. Sure. Og Mandino, the greatest miracle in the world, the world's greatest salesman. He wrote his motivational books through telling fictional stories. And so, you know, as a, as a tribute to Og Mandino and the man that had made so much difference in my life, that's why I chose to write Amicus 101 in the very same fashion. Well, it worked. <laughs> you know, I, I, in the beginning, he is really one of the most unaware people. You know, and I think of him as a person. He's not a fictional character to me anymore. He was just totally unaware. He was unaware in terms of self-awareness. And you see him grow over this period of 21 days and how things began to light up for him. Yes. And you, you have to sit and think, well, you know, what about me? What am I, where am I with this? 
Well, I believe that life and what happens to us is often a, a, a series of cause and effect events. And when we understand that when we become the cause and we can control the effect, life starts to change for us. And you're right, Jay Garfield wasn't very self-aware, but he started to become more aware of this cause and effect principle. And he started to realize that if you want to create change, then you must be the change. And, and when, that, when that happened, you could see internally how he became a different person. You could feel that. And then, and then it's, it's almost an impossibility that, that who you are on the inside will soon be reflected into your outside world. When Jay changed the inside, then everything came together. It reminds me of a, of a story that I heard a long time ago. There was a father and he was trying to read a newspaper, and his little boy wanted him to go out and play baseball catch so bad, and he kept bothering the father, and the father was just wanting to read his paper. So finally the father took the last page of the newspaper, and he ripped it in half, and he said, uh, you know, son, if you can, he ripped it into pieces, he said, son, if you can put this paper all together, I'll go out and play ball with you. So the father's reading his paper, thinks that he created an event for the kid for just a few, you know, for a long time, but all of a sudden it's finished and it was perfect and the the father said to the son how did you how did you do that he says well dad i turned the newspaper over and on the other side uh there was a there was a picture of a man and a picture of the earth and when i put the man together the 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 earth came together and that's so true when the man comes together the, his whole world comes together too and, and you could see this in your book you know that's exactly what happened his relationships changed you know, he, everything about him changed his relationships and where what he wanted. He went from trying to just find another job to I'm not going to tell um, what he did because I think people need to read this book. You know, I, and I really encourage everybody that's listening to this show to read this book. If you weren't interested in self-improvement, you wouldn't be listening to this show. And this is one of the most remarkable books in terms of self-improvement that I've read. Well, I appreciate that, and I want to do something special for your readers. Then, if they could go into the to a bookstore, they can order it on Amazon, or, 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 or they could do that. And again, the book's title is Amicus One Hundred One by Sean Anderson. But I'll tell you what: if any of your listeners, if they write me an email, and if they order one book through me, I will send them a complimentary book for them to give to a friend. How nice! How do they email you, Sean? S H A W N at seananderson.com. And again, anyone that orders that book, I, we want to spread this message. In fact, you know what? Since this whole this whole radio interview is about going the extra mile, right? Yeah. If anybody writes me a letter and say and they and they tell me, you know, how they potentially benefited from this today, and if they order one book, I'm going to send them two copies extra to give to friends. That's going the extra mile. Yeah, I hate to yeah. yeah. I hate to say this, but we're right up against the end of the show. What's the thought you'd most like to leave our listeners with today, Sean? Remember that uh, just to dream big still. I mean, it, we, we might not be eight years old, and we might not have the same dreams that we did before, but as long as we have breath in our lungs, as long as we have life left in our eyes, keep finding ways to make the world a better place. Now we're not we don't you don't have to talk about the whole world but how about your house? How about your family? How about your neighborhood? 
How about your organization? How about your business? Whatever it might be, keep finding ways that serve and add value to people. Because I'll tell you what, when I die, I'm not going to remember, you know, potentially how many books I sold or how much money I have in the bank. I'm going to remember those people one by one that I helped make smile or encouraged or brightened. And I wish that people more than anything could adapt that same principle because if we all chose to add value to someone else, how much greater this world would really be. Couldn't say it better myself. Lovely words, things to ponder. Next week's guest is our friend Christopher Dines. He's been with us before. He's a former DJ in London. He's now a life coach, and he's written a new book on bliss. And don't we all want to experience some bliss now and then? So come back next week. Sean, thank you so much for being with us today. It was my privilege, and thank you for using your gifts, your gifts of communication and your gifts of empowerment to really bring people like me on your show and to bring a powerful message out into the world. Maybe we can have you back after um, Extra Mile America, and you can tell us all about those lovely things. I would love that. This is Irene Conlon saying thank you for being with Sean Anderson and I today. Come back again next week for more of the Self-Improvement Show. Thank you again for joining Dr. Irene Conlon for the Self-Improvement Show. Please listen again next Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Remember that improvement out there starts in here.